Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, have a pitch deck because you never know. Like I have met investors in the line at Whole Foods. I've met investors on flights across country. And at each time they said, hey, airdrop me your pitch deck. I've got 50,000 for you. I've got 100,000 for you. And what would have happened if I didn't have it right then and there? Sometimes you miss the shots that you don't even get to take. So stay ready, find your tribe, and get plugged into local networks. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, lady, today's guest has a beautiful spirit. She's inspiring. She's brilliant. Her pitching skills are also top notch. Okay, she knows how to keep a room filled with male venture capitalists on their toes. And y'all, she got a grant from Beyonce. I'm going to say that one more time. Okay. She got a grant from Beyonce, y'all. So let's just go ahead and introduce the Arian Long, the founder and chief estrogen officer of Fimbly an ethical, sustainable brand that uses 100% certified organic cotton and other eco-friendly materials that are free from harsh toxins, cancer-causing additives, bleach, and synthetic hormones. Arian, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Hey, y'all. I am so happy to be here and be having this interview with you guys. We are so excited. Yes, (laughs) we are definitely really looking forward to this conversation. And so, We are going to start off with our quote of the day. Mm -hmm. We don't get over or move on from trauma. We are forced to make space for it. We carry it. We learn to live with it. And sometimes 
we thrive in spite of it. Mm. I know. I know. So, Arian, when you hear that quote and thinking of your story and your background, what comes up for you? Oh, my God. It's the quote is true. I think that for me, particularly, I come at trauma with a different lens and a different angle, because this has been something that's been an ongoing theme at various points of my life for different reasons. But most people like you all know me for overcoming the traumatic stillbirth of my daughter, pitching 10 days off of life support, and then growing a multi-million dollar company thereafter while having a freaking rainbow baby, my rainbow after the storm during the pandemic. So for me, it's bittersweet. But I think that so many of us just walk around and carry these scars with us and you know they heal in various forms but they don't ever go away so i think it's important to just motivate others and recommend that others find the peace that they need whatever that looks like therapy friendship venting to people find the peace that you need to continue on in honor of those that you have lost or the things that you've gone through so powerful. And you are so inspiring. I remember, I think you were talking about your story on Facebook and mm-hmm. having a similar experience. I was just like brought to tears. I think anyone reading your story is just moved by it because we're like, how did she even do this? Right. And we're going to get into that in just a bit, Arian. But we want to know what is your origin story? Because I know you've been very transparent on Facebook and just in your community about your relationship with your mom, how your grandmother raised you, right? And about other obstacles that you faced in life. And so what is your origin story and how did you even decide to create family? Yeah. So I'm from New York. I was actually born at Brookdale Hospital, which is still one of the worst hospitals in Brooklyn, New York. And I was raised in Long Island. I went to Brentwood High School there, moved to Maryland, and then eventually ended up at Morgan State. But my grandmother raised me like so many other people. I am the daughter of a parent that battled an addiction and in many ways still does. So Our upbringing was complex in that people didn't understand why my mom, my grandmother, was always older. And for me, like there was a whole section of my life where I thought that my grandmother was my mother. I had to like learn differently. So at times it was a struggle, but I like to say that we had the best upbringing ever. My grandmother, with my parents and their generation, actually had like six kids before she was 21, was married at 16. And was on welfare, like living in the projects in Brooklyn and through life and like her taking her own risk, she ended up becoming a part of the world famous Sherelle's 60s doo-wop group. So like she went from welfare with six kids to like traveling the world in fur coats and having the best and eating the best and doing all of the things. So for us, it was interesting in that we were raised a little bit differently than the generation before us. And my grandmother always made sure that like we never, ever went without. We always had everything we needed and then more. Like we were the kids on the block with the pool, the trampoline. You know, I remember wearing like a sequent gown to my eighth grade prom (laughs) and I shared that picture on Facebook. So we never went without. And I thank her for having the courage to take, you know, six kids into her home and, and really raise us. It was just a beautiful thing. Oh, my goodness. We're four minutes in and Arian is just inspiring. She is. Whoa. Yes. What's coming up for you based on what she shared so far? I just have so many more questions. And right. I know that we have a limited time I know. with her. And so there's just so many 
<sighs> so many more questions that are coming up. Yeah. So yeah, I know when she comes back and, and I think also too, just thinking about what we're, how things are happening right now in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I kind of think we should keep this in honestly, cause this is all definitely like, she is a busy woman. She's out here doing big things and she put us, allowed us to be in her schedule. And so, you know, things are shifting. <laughs> so for those of you that are watching us via Patreon, like you, this is what you, you get the real, like yes. you get, you know, we have an after show, but if you are a subscriber of Patreon, you get the full, what is really going on yeah. as we are recording an episode, all the things all <laughs> that the things. can come up. Yep. Because life continues to happen. And if you're listening and we decide to add this in, Arian just had to step out and relocate because she is getting ready for a very big event. And she, you know, decided to speak with us right before. So she had to shift some things up. But I mean, so far, Dom, for me, I'm just, it's so inspiring when you hear about someone that has had, that, that has experienced adversity, who looks like us and who had these odds against them, right? Even though, yeah. you know, she said that her grandmother was able to like, you know, change, change their lives. It's still so inspiring to see someone that looks like us that's been through these things and who is where they are today. Right. And we didn't even get into what she's doing today. Erin, we're just talking about you as huh? wait for you to come on in. We're just fangirling. <laughs> yes. That's all. Yes. Okay. And we just told the <laughs> listeners that this is real life. Like you're a busy woman. Things are happening. So it's all good. We'll, we'll just hop back in. <laughs> it is crazy. As I told you guys before, I met an event with Kevin Hart today the comedian and like we're in dc and it is very much hustle and bustle but the good thing is i have more time than i thought so let's chat it up okay yes we love to see it so okay we talked a bit about your upbringing right we talked about some of the struggles can you talk a bit about like what you're doing today and even if you want to walk through the story about you talked about losing your daughter sage and then going to do a pitch 10 days after can you walk Mm -hmm. us through how you even like how does that yes. even happen? Yeah. So I'll start with the story of Emily. Okay. When I was 26 years old, I was having crazy periods. Like I was at work, I was working in marketing, and I would have to text my boss and say, like, yo, you need to get me another chair from Staples because I bled through my entire outfit onto a chair. And that happened like three or four times. So like it was super embarrassing. I wasn't sure what to do. So I did what any normal human would do. I scheduled appointments with the GYN, but I found that she instantly wanted to throw me on birth control. Like that was going to be a one-stop fix. And it wasn't, not only did it make me super moody, it just, I didn't feel like my problem, why I was having these crazy periods was addressed. So I went to another one and the same thing happened. Finally found a doctor that would listen to me and he diagnosed me with a small tumor. He told me, he's like, I don't think it's cancer, but we need to take you through a surgery to figure out what it is. And by the grace of God, we went through the biopsy and it was not cancer, but he happened to be on the board of a study that was being done by the National Institute of Health that was starting to link tumors like mine with chemicals that were found in like always Playtex and some of the other leading brands. So it was then that I really knew that, yo, you have to go to, you have to go organic, like you have to make a switch. But at that time, the only organic options felt like sandpaper. And then they weren't sustainable. I also uncovered that even of the leading brands that people traditionally use, when you throw that tampon applicator away, it can take up to 500 years to break down. 
So it was a scenario where like the products we're putting in and on our vaginas would actually outlive us. And that's what got me into launching Femly. And we launched at the subscription box. Whoa. Okay. So there's so much in that story, like in your story to unpack, right? Mm -hmm. But what was that like when you, after going through this process with these multiple doctors and realizing that they really didn't know what they were doing, unfortunately, to get connected with this one doctor who's saying and get you involved in a study that's saying, oh, it's about the products that you're using. What was that like? Like, what were the thoughts that went through your head when when you found this out? It was like a horror film. I instantly I was happy to have that baby break through and figure out what was wrong with me and have a solution for it. And somebody that actually listened to me and allowed me to be a teammate in my own care. But on the other end, I was mortified because I had been using these products for years. The mother that came before me used them. The grandmother that came before her used them. Everybody I know was using them. So it was like, what am I going to do to not only help myself, but also help women like me? And we decided to launch a company. I cashed out my 401k. And with $10,000, I traded in my BMW for a Volkswagen Passat that I still have and moved in with my family, 12 people, two dogs, a cat, and a duck to fund my business. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I, I just love how you put that last part in there, right? 12 people, two dogs, a cat, and a duck. And a duck, okay. And a duck. Okay, we're going to get yeah. to that duck later. But part of launching a business involves a lot of sacrifice, a lot of marketing, a lot of fundraising and pitching. Like you, you like you just shared that you had to cash out your 401k and trade in your BMW. And so when you think about all of the work that it takes to put into launching a business, what are the three tips that you would give to other Black-owned businesses to help them fund their passion, their mission? Oh my God. So for other Black business owners to fund your passion and your mission, the top three things that I would tell you to do is to one, find your tribe. Literally go to all of the local events, get involved with the national funding and grant networks and national authorities like the U.S. Black Chamber of Commerce, like organizations similar to I Fund Women and Hello Alice, because you'll find that you actually do qualify for a lot of grant funding that you can use to grow without giving people a chunk of your business. I have gotten almost a million dollars in grant funding. And that helped me get to a certain point in the business where I was able to actually bring in investors and say, you know what, we've gotten so far that this money that you're going to give us is going to be on my terms. I'm still going to own at least this percent of my company and the company is now going to be worth X, you know? And particularly the second tip that I would say is know your industry and know your market. When I talk to founders, I want to know how big the market is. Feminine care drives 300 billion in revenue. I know what portion of that market is natural and what I fit into and what, what part of the demographic of that market I can actually take up with my company. And other founders should know the same. 
it's not necessarily a lack of talent when it comes to our communities. It's just a lack of language and lack of access. So when you talk to peers and like other founders like me who you might want to mentor you, know your stuff. And then three, be ready so that you don't have to get ready. Have a business plan. It does not have to be a 30-page business plan. It could be one to three pages just highlighting your problem, your solution, the market, your differentiator, all of that. And then have a pitch deck because you never know. Like I have met investors in the line at Whole Foods. I've met investors on flights across country. And each time they said, hey, airdrop me your pitch deck. I've got 50000 for you. I've got 100000 for you. And what would have happened if I didn't have it right then and there? Sometimes you miss the shots that you don't even get to take. So stay ready, find your tribe and get plugged into local networks. You better go ahead. That is some um, <laughs> lady. If you're listening, you better be taking some notes right now. Okay. Arian is dropping the gems. Please. Yes. And one other thing I noticed about you too, Arian, is that you know how to make connections, like authentic connections with people. And you also know how to maintain and keep those connections. So what is the key to building those authentic relationships with people? that you can leverage down the line in your business or for your brands? I'll say leverage the resources available to you. Like LinkedIn is one of my best kept, best kept secrets. When I wanted to build a company that got acquired, Dollar Shave Club, sending razors monthly, was acquired for a billion dollars. Men cannot out of shaving. That's why they have no shave November. But since we don't have a no period February, I knew that I was building a company that could eventually have a billion dollar acquisition or higher because more people in the world use them and require them. So I definitely like to use LinkedIn to find my tribe. When I didn't know what I was doing, I went on LinkedIn. I found a business attorney. I found somebody who was one of the first five employees at Dollar Shave Club to help me build a similar model and more. And I think that's one of the best kept secrets that entrepreneurs can be doing to like move their mission forward. The other thing that you can do is start immersing yourself in the culture and landscape of business and funding. Most businesses don't ever take on venture capital. I think only 2% of the funding goes to women and like 0.0006 goes to black women like me. But you might be able to do a partnership deal where, I don't know, maybe Nike pays you half a million a year to work with you. You might be able to craft out a sponsorship deal and hold an event. So with that, that's part of staying ready so you don't have to get ready. Think about all of the different channels that you can use for funding, all of the different ways that you can acquire customers, what you can be doing organically and through grassroots campaigns to grow. And then if you do a lot of the growth on your own before you go to these people, the ball is in your court. You are not at liberty to throw away 60, 70, 80% of your company. You could flex and offer somebody 5% for $5 million, who knows, but you won't know it if you don't do the work to get the traction you need beforehand. I love all of these gems that you were sharing. And so, you know, as I'm listening to you and the process that it takes to set up a business, to, to launch the business and to keep growing the business, all of this is happening while life still continues. And so how have you navigated running your business while dealing with trauma and grief? The truth is there are times where I just didn't. Like there are times where I did not look at an email for months. And the worst part was I did that at a time where we really didn't even have a team. So like things stopped. 
I was burnt out. I was navigating grief. I had a husband who navigated grief very differently to me. And we had only been married four years when we lost our daughter, four years, four months when we lost our daughter to silver. So like the marriage is very, very fresh. I did not know if we would make it through it. The other thing is my loss was due to medical error. I had a perfect pregnancy, no complications. Same thing with my rainbow son. And it was very, very hard to navigate life while knowing that this, the biggest thing that happened to you in your life was the result of somebody else making a stupid mistake. So part of what keeps me going is the ability to make a shit ton of money and sorry for cursing on your podcast, but it's to make a shit ton of money so that I can invest in other women so that I could be the lobbyist that changes some of these laws. I recently helped a friend who contributed to Kamala Harris's mommy must bill that makes doula care covered under medical insurance and Medicaid. And that changes the game when it comes to black maternal mortality by holding doctors accountable. So it's like, for me, I'm still angry and I honestly don't think I'm ever going to get over it. So with this anger, I am going to shake some tables. That is so beautiful. And we need more women like you. And I, I love the way you, you speak about what you plan to or what you're doing with your wealth. Right. Because I think it's, it's really mm-hmm. bigger than the money for us. It's like about the impact. And so, yes, yeah, stay angry and impactful. We love yeah. it. And you can curse on this podcast. Girl. This is this is the grown folks podcast. So we'd be dropping F-bombs and B's, <laughs> all that good stuff. But I want to ask you, Arian, what's a yeah. question or a topic that you wish people would ask you about more often? Oh, my God. So people see me getting access to capital. People see me navigating various rooms and talking to investors. Nobody ever asked me about what the actual investments look like. Mm. Like when you take on venture capital, there are a few different vehicles that you can use to get funded. You can use what's called a safe note, which is basically a future promise of equity once you know how much your company is worth. You can use a convertible note, which might look similar to a loan to get you from point A to point B. And then you might get to a certain point and decide, you know what? I don't want to pay these investors back. I'll just give them equity. There are so many different things that you can do. So you, you can do something called a price round, but it's like there's a gap between the people who want investment and want funding and then the people who know these different vehicles and terminology. So I wish that people asked me about the language more. I wish that with the questions about how do I find an investor and how do I pitch, people would ask, what should that look like? What are my options if they say yes? Because that's the most important thing. And that's the thing that helps you maintain you know, 90, 80, 70% of your company that will then become a billion dollar company. Like I believe Jeff Bezos owned about 13% of Amazon recently. So he had given away that much equity, but he's worth like numerous billions of dollars, you know? So people need to know what that looks like. And I think that if we could start unpacking the language around this, it would make tech and investment landscape a lot more equitable and available to more people who look like us. Wow. I mean, not to add to your plate, but it sounds like that this is a this sounds like the perfect masterclass that you could teach of how to really understand that language and navigate those navigate being in those spaces when you are seeking investment in your products. Absolutely. It was something that I tried to do while personally coaching other entrepreneurs. But I got to a point where it was like my time is so short these days. However, I am actively thinking about what this looks like. And a little birdie told me there might be a $30,000 competition that I am the host of and that I hold to help fund other businesses, services, podcasts, 
tech founders, all of it. So, you know, I'm actively looking into how I can be more helpful and how my time could be best used to bring more of us up as I, as I grow. So inspiring, so incredible. And Arian, we know that our time with you is limited because as y'all know, Arian is a busy woman over here, okay? And so what we want to do is we want to shift up more shift up the energy of our conversation and area we cool. recognize right we recognize and appreciate and celebrate the multifaceted woman and we believe that it's okay to be bougie classy and ratchet right you can still be elegant and you know dance to strip club music yeah. if you so choose and so we want to invite you to <laughs> get ready get ready the OU Blatchet segment so do you take on the challenge I take on the challenge absolutely <laughs> okay we got her Dom so now that you know now that you've taken on the challenge, we're going to tell you what to expect. So what we're going to do is we are going to ask you three questions. We're then going to have you choose a number from one to three. And we're going to share with you a photo from your Instagram that needs more context. So we would love for you to share more context that we won't know by looking at the photo. And then we're going to close on out. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, let's do All it. All right. So your first question, what's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? Don't ever let a man leave you with an empty pocket and a wet bed. Oh, you better go ahead. That's not like a grandmother advice yes. right there. That's not like some grandma advice. That is grandma advice. That's right. <laughs> That's I love right. it. Yes. I love it. I love it. Okay. So our next, next question. I'm just going to have, I have four words for you, Arian. Twerk or two-step? Twerk. That's what we talk All about. Right. <laughs> and then what is the sexiest item that you own? Ooh, it's probably negligee. I like lacy things. Ooh, I love, I love lace. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Lace is definitely sexy. All right now, well, we have three pictures pulled up on the screen. We're going to share them in one moment. But Erin, <laughs> we need you to choose a number between one and three. And that'll let us know which picture to reveal to the audience. Three. Three. Okay, we have three pulled up already. I think you're going <laughs> to like this one. Get ready, get ready. Okay. And the third picture is, here we go. So what is the context behind this photo here? Can you tell us more about it? And for, for those listening, tell them what they're look or what, the, what we're looking at together. Oh my God. So this was the day that I won $20,000 with the Ford Hurt Impact DC pitch competition. This day was crazy as hell because I got out of the hospital somewhere around June 1st in 2018. My youngest sister found out she was pregnant like June 15th. And it caused such a rift because I think for me, my family didn't know how to support me. And I didn't know how to support her and like nobody spoke the same language. So her pregnancy was very tumultuous for a few different reasons. And this day stands out to me because I lost my voice. Like I was not sick. I don't know if it was allergies or whatever, but I lost my voice and had to whisper during the entire presentation. And simultaneously, my little sister was having her baby shower and I thought I was going to miss it. And I did not know how to support her but I came home with this big ass $20,000 check. And I have another picture somewhere floating around on Facebook of her and I holding it at her baby shower. I made it just before the cake. <laughs> oh my goodness. Erin, wow. you are, I mean, you are such an inspiration. I think you really just 
prove that you can come from anywhere and still achieve your goals and dreams and yes. just the importance of giving back to the community. But that is one hell of an experience. So yeah. many emotions at one time. And you still Absolutely. won the competition, even though you were whispering throughout the whole thing. Oh my like, God. That was the crazy thing. Like I I didn't even I didn't even have a voice. By the end of it, I couldn't even say thank you because like it went from wow. a whisper to like no voice, like complete laryngitis. What? And it took about a week for me to get my voice back. I don't know if it was the stress or whatever. But yeah. I still have about another yeah. thirty minutes if there's anything else you guys would like to discuss. Oh. We got more I time. Know. Let's dig in. Yes, plot twist. Okay, Dawn, what else we got to ask Arian over here? (laughs) Well, what I really want to know is where can our audience find your products? Because I know they've been listening and they've been inspired by your story. But but probably the most important thing for those who are listening (laughs) is like, so you got these dope products. Like, where can we get them? (laughs) Absolutely. So family is family, F-E-M-L-Y on Instagram. Our website is family.com. You can Google family or Google area long and we come up and we actually recently got accepted to Whole Foods. We have meetings with quite a few other retailers over the next few weeks. And one of the cool things that I didn't really share publicly because we were building was the fact that we actually stock restrooms at hotels, colleges, offices, stadiums, gyms, franchises, you name it, we're in the bathroom. So there are various locations around the country where you can find us. And luckily, California and many other states are making feminine care and public restrooms a requirement. So we will be there with the first of its kind, sexy ass feminine care dispenser. So you'll see us soon, (laughs) but you can always find us on our website. That is so incredible. And you are, is it still a subscription based service or is there a way to just Mm -hmm. like order some pads or order other like panty liners and things like that? Yeah, you can order what you need for as low as $6.99 on our website or subscribe and save and get the products you need for your cycle delivered on an ongoing basis. The cool thing is we like to think of ourselves as a company that meets the needs of women and menstruators from your first period all the way through the different stages of life. So over the next few weeks, we're also dropping products for pregnancy, period pain, period relief, postpartum menopause and beyond. Oh my goodness. This is so incredible. And based on everything that you're doing right now, Erin, how can the listeners support you like holistically? Is there any other area in life that they could be helpful? Like what else can they do to support? Oh my God. So one of the biggest things that you can do for us is go to our website and nominate a location to work with us to stock their restrooms. The cool thing is people on site, this is our old branding, but people on site get this individually wrapped pad for free. And then there's a discount code that helps us stock pads to women in need who might not be able to afford it. So that's one. And then two, share, share, share. The more people that know about us as an option, the more people who are saving themselves from harmful reproductive illnesses and maybe even cancer. Amazing. So lady, get on that. Make sure you go to the website and support. And then another question, we're just going to rapid fire. If we have international listeners, right? So women that are across the globe, is there anything specifically that they can do or should they take the same action steps that you've shared with us? Same action. We actually ship all over the world. So I'm thankful to have been able to support so many people who you know, come from amazing different walks of life and different continents even. 
And yeah, yeah, we're super excited about our global following. Yes. Yes, we are. We are just so thankful that we had this opportunity to have you on and engage you in conversation and get the word out. Because I think I keep coming back to your initial experience when you were at work and you were bleeding through your clothes and your doctors, your first two doctors didn't know how to appropriately respond to you. And I think that a lot of women, particularly black women, can relate to that. I think if you ask almost any black woman around the world who is menstruating, they have had some negative experience related to their menstrual cycle that or their just reproduction in general. And and so I appreciate you sharing that story. And I appreciate that you persisted. Right. That you said, wait, hold on. This doesn't feel right. Let me keep let me let me keep after let me keep finding the right doctor who is really going to address the problem. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you ladies, but growing up, I was always taught that when we go to the doctors, well, obviously we always leave the house with clean undergarments because you never know what might happen, right? That was one thing right, like right. grandma <laughs> would tell you. But also when you go to the doctor, you dress up a little bit more, right? So you might put on something a little bit dressier than other women because we know how that we're judged differently, right? If we put on a sweatsuit, they look at us a little sideways, whereas other people may, they may be looked at differently. Are there any tips that you have on how a woman can get her doctor to listen to her. If the doctor's like, oh, don't worry about that. Oh, you're fine. Or, oh, we don't need to run that test. What, what would your strategy be? I would say that you are the biggest expert in your body. When at the time that I lost Sage, I had had my body for about 28, 29 years. You know, like I'm an expert at what I'm feeling. I know when something's wrong. And I actually went to the doctor several times complaining of pain and was told that, oh, the baby's growing. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And finally, I was diagnosed with a UTI and they had me pee in a little cup like they always do, but they never sent my pee to a lab. If they did, they would have been able to see that it was E. coli and that the antibiotic that they gave me was not the correct one for my infection. So no about like, especially if you're going into pregnancy as a black woman, we are four to six times more likely to die according to Harvard. Know the complications and the symptoms to look for. It does not mean that you're going to experience them, but I can tell you if my palms were to start itching, I would know, oh, it's cholestasis. And I would therefore know to go to my doctor and expect an earlier induction or an earlier delivery because my liver is acting a little crazy. A lot of people don't do that. They go into pregnancy assuming that the best is going to happen. And for many of us, you don't always get the best outcome. So be empowered to know what's going on. Be empowered to know the symptoms. Be empowered to know how to avoid some of these complications. For instance, in 2018, there was a study that yielded that a baby aspirin every day during your pregnancy actually cuts or prevents complications in 60% of black women. That means there are so many black women who might not ever develop preeclampsia, who might not ever have to get induced because of this complication or that complication. What's happening? I'm hearing from friends whose doctors haven't even told them, whose doctors don't even know. When I had my son, 
we were still in the preliminary phases of figuring out why we lost our daughter. So I spent a year basically becoming what I claim to be my own little doctor. I understood all of these things about medication. I understood all these things about complications. And I went to my doctor and I told them what I wanted. I got baby aspirin from four weeks pregnant and my son was a chunk. <laughs> he was completely healthy. It actually helps thin your blood just enough for the baby to have an extra blood flow. It also helped with pregnancy symptoms. I didn't have as much nausea. And then the other thing is sometimes too, with things like preeclampsia, it's not even your fault. It's due to abnormalities in dad's sperm. But prior to recent years, they never even looked at dad and how he plays a role in some of these complications. So be empowered, be inspired, and take some of these tidbits that I've dropped and just look them up. And the next time you decide to have a procedure or plan a baby, go in knowing what you want them to to do for you and have a list of demands. I had them check my urine every week, my entire pregnancy with my son and insurance paid for it because I wanted to know. And thankfully, as soon as I got another UTI, we were aware of it and got access to the right antibiotic. That is so helpful. So it sounds like taking ownership of our our bodies, our experiences, and Mm -hmm. really advocating for ourselves can help. And then also going to a different doctor if the doctor that we're with is like, oh, you don't need to do this. We're like, okay, I'm going to go to a second opinion. I don't know if you shared this, Arian. Maybe you did because I was, you know, we were stalking your Facebook and online presence. But I think you may have said something about if a doctor denies your request, you ask them to put it in writing and then they shift up that, that shit shifts up real yes. quick. They're like, oh, well, actually, yes. right? Right. Oh yeah. Okay. If, if I am requesting that you do something for me and you're denying yeah. it, put it in my chart. And not yeah. only do I want you to put it in my chart, I want to see my chart because mm-hmm. I recently had a pap smear, a normal annual pap smear. And because doctors are swamped because of COVID, I was not able to see my regular OB. In fact, her soonest availability is in February. I tried to schedule this appointment back in September. So I ended up seeing someone else. And that someone else told me that preeclampsia was in my chart. The problem is I've never had preeclampsia. In fact, when I lost my daughter, my blood pressure was 60 over 30. So I was really, really like deathly low. So, you know, had she not told me, I would not know that that was there. And I immediately put that in every review. I called the office. I held a conference and I made sure that that was removed. And not only was it removed, I want it to look like it was never there. I don't ever want to see it annotated. So, you know, just know what's in your chart. The other thing that I saw in my chart once that was really funny was anxiety. But I feel like when it comes to women, especially, a lot of our issues are chalked up to anxiety. I'll never forget, I was reading this article, I believe it's by a doctor who wrote in the New York Times, where she was saying that she had to do an autopsy on a younger woman who had died. The woman was like in her 30s or 40s. And throughout her medical history, she kept seeing anxiety, 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 and doctors didn't take her seriously. And when this woman passed away, they opened her up and found out that she had stage four endometrial adhesions. That means like scar tissue was everywhere. So the pain that she had been complaining of throughout her entire life was dismissed. And they said it was anxiety. So, you know, fight back, clap back, do whatever the hell you need to do for you because you only have one you. Yeah, that's so important. Because the thing is, is that even if they noted in your chart that it was preeclampsia or that it was anxiety, they should have been treating those things. They should have been having a discussion with you 
about those things if it's in your chart. But yes, I thank you so much for saying that because I think a lot of times, like Terry pointed out, we are taught to not question authority, right? And I get it. From our history, it wasn't safe to do so. But now it's predicated on our survival that we do ask the questions and that we do advocate for ourselves. So, Arian, thank you so much for, for sharing <laughs> this and, and encouraging all of us to really be our own biggest advocate. Absolutely. I can't wait for the day where a woman like me can walk into the doctor's office, demand everything she deserves, and they not assume that she's a medical professional. I think mm, I'm taking yeah. a lot more seriously now because yeah. they assume they're like, oh, where'd you go to medical school? I read. Yeah. I don't have to go to medical school to know. Exactly. And the other thing is, Tara, you asked the question about like wearing certain clothing when you go. I rarely wear my wedding ring. My husband mm -hmm. and I, you know, we have a union under God. We really don't care about rings. But yes. throughout my pregnancy, I was very intentional about having it on because yeah. I had read that they treat even married women differently than single women. I came there, you know, in an effort to be eloquent and use certain words. And it sucks that you have to do that because nobody should have to code switch. We do it all our lives in every other exactly. setting. And we also now have to do it in healthcare. Yeah, even with black is, doctors. <laughs> even with black, that is such a trip. Okay, so in closing, Erin, I have to ask about something you posted on your Facebook. You said oh. that there are grown women who believe their periods stop in water, bath, pool, etc. And I grew up learning that it stops. So tell it, what's the tea? Well, that's what I was taught too. I think it just speaks to the misinformation out there. And a lot of us, we, we forget that like we learn about these essential bodily functions from the women before. So if they were taught that and their grandmas are taught that, that's just what it is. But no, your period doesn't stop in water. In fact, it just gets diluted. So somebody like me who occasionally has a super heavy period, I can just sit in the tub and after about five, 10 minutes, I'll look down and there'll be a whole little red sphere. But it definitely does not stop. It's just diluted. Think of like pouring a drop of Coke into a glass of water. It will still look like water. And that's what's happening when you're in the bath or in the ocean. I would not recommend it in the ocean because, yeah, tiger sharks. But in pools, honestly, I think it's fine. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for clarifying that for us, Erin. We appreciate you, what you stand for, what you do for the community. I mean... We're just so blessed to have you. So thank you so much. And can you just let folks thank know again where so they can much. find you and connect mm -hmm. with you online? Yes, you can connect with me at Ariane K. Long on Instagram. And you can support and follow Femily at Femily, F-E-M-L-Y, or visit Femily.com to purchase our products and refer us to other people. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, 
please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website, cultivatingherspace.com, and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Greatness is my birthright, so I no longer ask for permission.